Welcome to Conversations with Pastor Russ. Stay tuned for today's encouraging and inspirational message. Here's Pastor Russ. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Happy post-tornado day. Oh, man. (laughs) Can you believe that yesterday? That was crazy. That was was crazy. Tornado? I was talking to somebody and watched the wave of dark clouds ascend over my house. (laughs) Wow, man. I, I mean... So I'm over. I'm over at the Life Center. I'm on the treadmill, pounding out my miles. You know. There you go. And uh, humble brag right there. <laughs> yeah, humble, humble brag. Humble brag. That's a new one. Um, and I started getting texts. Is church still on tonight? Right. You know. And then my wife said, uh, "They're saying take cover now." So anyway, happy post tornado day. Hopefully everybody was safe yesterday. Uh, great to have Pastor Ruben alongside. Hey everybody, how are you? We are wrapping up today. Uh, the mental health issue that we've been talking about. And this is Mental Health Awareness Month in May. That's right. Tomorrow's the last day of May. So we're going to tackle that in just a minute. But just let me hit the pause button and say thank you so much for joining us for Conversations with Russ. You know, we've gotten a lot of great feedback on this talking about mental health. Yeah, I've got a lot of people who um, have texted in. We've had people who've messaged us. Um, and I had people who've come up to, to me personally, at least, um, and just saying um, how much they appreciate the conversation and um, the openness. And like we've talked about the last two weeks, I think it's so vital and important for us as the church to talk about these things because it's something that affects um, people as a whole, it affects people in our congregation. Sure and I want to make sure that we get to just speak into it and be able to say, hey, this is what God says about this. This is what, what we can do for you and, and just be able to encourage people as much as possible. And that's why we're here. And so you could be listening on 1460 AM or heard around the world at liferadionj.com. Also our YouTube channel. You can go back and catch up on any of past shows. And we are so close to having our FM band up and running. That's right. We were testing it out last week, right? Yeah, we were testing it out. So 92.9 FM is coming. We keep saying we're almost there. We're almost there. But it's in the hands of the FCC. Right. And the, the government, real. the government, not hating on the government, but they don't always move real quick. In, in terms of eternity, we are almost there. So <laughs> just keep that in perspective. <laughs> oh, boy. So thanks for joining us. We're going to jump into this today and talk about... Uh, some myths we want to right. deconstruct some myths i like the about word mental health is right. that right yeah um, okay i think well, there's a lot of things that um that people think about mental health or that there are things that people have said to somebody who's dealing with some sort of mental health issue um and so we want to talk about those myths or misunderstandings and then talk about the truth that's actually behind them all there Absolutely. Okay, so let's jump into it. Let's do it. Um, Myth number one. Myth number one. Are you ready? Myth number one, Jesus commands us, do not worry. If you worry, you are sinning. What do you think about that? Hmm. Well, he was talking about money there. Um, Do not worry. You know, that's a broad stroke of the brush, just do not worry. Does that mean do not be concerned about anything? Hmm. Uh, Does that mean just to bounce through life without, oh, gee, uh, I don't have to go to work. Uh, The cupboards will fill up with groceries. Um, Do not worry. I think that what's really important to kind of look in this is that this is all part of a bigger context. 
So I think a lot of times people grab hold of these smaller portions of scripture and then they throw it at you and then leave you with zero context. So it seems like if you don't know better, if you don't know, um, then you're looking at these things and you're like, oh, well, I guess I guess I'm a bad person or I'm not a good follower of Jesus if I'm if I'm worrying about this kind of stuff. And I think we have to remember the biggest, the bigger context of where this verse is even found, Absolutely. let alone other verses. Absolutely. We have to be so careful we don't just grab a phrase uh, and take the text out of context and then build some crazy doctrine around it. Right. So Jesus is talking about do not worry about money. Right. And he's, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and he's saying that God's going to provide for you. Mm-hmm. So don't don't stress over money. Don't stress over where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, um, and what you're going to eat. Right. Uh, he says, I, "I God clothes the lilies of the field. Won't and He takes care of the sparrows. Won't He take care of you?" Right. So he's talking here about being overly consumed about money and provision. Right. Just take rest that I'm going to provide for you. He's not saying uh, it's a sin or that we shouldn't be concerned about anything in life. See, we just have to make sure we put the text into context. Right. This this verse is about Jesus essentially saying, like, don't try to hustle all the way through your life. Um, he's saying, you know, do do your work, but don't try to collect all of this stuff and try to make sure that, like, I have a giant savings account and I never uh, touch just in case, just in case, just in case. Um you know, again, you know, just with the, what you're talking about in context, um, he's saying, look at the birds of the air. They don't yep. sow or reap yep. or store anything in barns, and yet uh, your heavenly Father feeds them and provides for them. And so in the same way, let's not just take the three words that say, do not worry. Let's take the whole idea there right. and say, don't try to um, grab more than you need, an overabundance of everything. That's that's the kind of things that he's talking about here. Absolutely. Um, I think, but when we talk about worrying, um, I, let's talk about the difference between being concerned about something and worrying. And I think yeah, can, that's really good. We, we can, we can tie this into trust. Um, we can have legit concerns. Yeah. All right. Like if I'm not working <laughs> and right. the rent's due, uh, all right, I'm, I'm concerned about that, but I think, let me tie it to trust. If, if we're worrying or overly concerned without trust, hmm. th- that, that's the bigger issue. Now, okay, so I'm concerned um, about my children. I'm concerned about my occupation. But I haven't lost trust in God that he's going to provide. Right. It's almost as if once you get to this place where you're in a state of worrying, um, you're, you're controlling a whole lot. You're trying to do too much yeah um there when you when you're concerned that's there's a part of it where you're kind of being responsible there you're concerned about your children because you're a good dad right um that doesn't mean that you're panicking every 30 seconds and you're texting you know i haven't seen you i haven't seen you where are you what's going on what's going you know you're not sending a million texts to your daughter and your or your sons um you care about them and so there's a concern there but there's not the overabundant worry of it all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Let's, okay, let's say that you get a call. Um, your child has been in an accident. Right. Think about this. Is there anyone that's, um, 
no big deal. No, we're hurrying up and we're on our way. Right. But you know what? In the midst of the worry and in the midst of the hurry, our trust has to be in God. No matter what the report is, right. on the way to the hospital or on the way to the job interview yeah. that I need desperately, think about that. In the midst of it all, of the cares and the concerns of life, if we have this inalterable trust in God that he's going to see me through, that's where we need to be. That's good. You did that rhyming thing again. I you did, said worry, I? hurry. Worry I was and expecting hurry. a third one. Yeah, well, I did, right. have, I did have a third it. one. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if we, if we step out of that arena of trusting God, worry can drive you crazy. Yeah, and I think it's really good for us to recognize that when you're in those moments of anxiety or depression or um, struggling with any of that, um, that's a key part to remember, to still trust in God, regardless if you know what the outcome is, regardless of what you're currently feeling, regardless of where you're at right now. Um, trust Trust in God is still so important in that moment. Yeah, so... How, how do we connect? What's the difference between, you think, anxiety and worry? Hmm. I. Oh, you're I, asking the questions, not me, right? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> guess I don't want to oversimplify it, I guess. Um, but it, anxiety is like worry on steroids, almost. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. And. To, almost to, to, it can be almost to a panic attack. Yeah. And I think that there, I mean, just as worry can be provoked by situations or circumstances, I think anxiety can too be provoked by situations and circumstance. I don't think it always is. Um, Good point. But I, I will reckon to say that there does seem to be there can be a connection at the very least. Can I say that? That there can be a can connection be. between two. I like what you just said, though, because anxiety is not necessarily connected to situations or circumstance. Right. I, I, I think everybody worries at some level about something. That's natural. That's just natural. You're, you're going to live. If you're living your life, there's something that you're going to get worried about. But keep, I think we can keep that in check with our trust in God. I'm anchored to the rock. Right. God's going to see me through, okay? But anxiety, so worry, I think that's different than a mental health issue. Yeah. Mental health issue is anxiety can come on, extreme anxiety, without, as you said, absent from circumstance or situation out of nowhere. And I think that's what's so frustrating about, like, this myth that we have here, right? Like, the myth is, you know, people will say, you know, do not worry if you're worrying, you're sinning. Well, hold on a second. Um, let's let's tone this back a little bit because let's not let's not try to like weaponize things here. You know, good point. I'm yes. very yes. I've been saying this a whole lot, but like, let's not weaponize the gospel at right. people in order to make them, you know, feel worse than they actually are. Um, but it comes to this point where we're saying like, do not worry. And if you're worried, you're, you're doing it all wrong when it's like, hold on, dude, like you're oversimplifying. This is what I was trying to get to. You're oversimplifying what I'm feeling and what I'm going through when it feels like there is a ton of bricks pressing on my chest. You saying the Bible says, do not worry. 
Oh, of course. Why didn't I think of that? You know, like so that's what severe anxiety feels like. And sure. I've, only, I've only experienced it really like once or twice. But, yeah, it, but I know that you experience it often. Yeah. Because you've talked about it. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like, say it again. It, it, it can feel like this. is what it feels like to me. I know, I've talked to people who have different um, descriptions for it all. But to them, they, uh, to me, it, it feels like there is um, bricks just being laid on my chest more and more and more. This pressure just continues to, to lay on my chest. And so when people come and they, they say, do not worry, don't worry. The Bible says, don't worry. It's an oversimplification of of what's actually happening here. Right. Scripture is helpful in, in those moments, but not when it's weaponized against me. Okay, so the, so the myth is here, if somebody is experiencing anxiety to that degree, right. and some super saint <laughs> comes along and says, right. hey, don't worry, right. you're, you're sinning. Right. Well, shut up. Right. Um, right. That's not really the added burden I need at that moment. It's just yeah, it, right. It's not the added burden you need. It just compounds the problem. Uh-huh. And I love what you said. You're weaponizing the gospel at that point. Um, so that's just that. That's the myth. Right. Is that if someone is experiencing extreme anxiety, the myth is, oh, you're just worrying too much. Right. And and if you're worrying, you're sinning then. Yeah, well. Well, hold, hold on a second. Let's put that verse in proper context. Jesus is talking about money. He's talking about us um, working an over, over an abundant amount. Right. And concerning ourselves with things that we don't need to concern ourselves with. Okay, what's the second myth? The second myth, talking about what you were saying, um, the whole idea of trust here. The second myth here is trust God and you'll have peace and joy. If you don't have peace and joy, then you're not trusting God enough here. So what do you got, what do you got to say about that? Trust God and have peace and joy. And if you don't have peace or joy, then you're not trusting God enough. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, joy is a whole lot more than just a passing emotion. Okay. Um, All right. It's possible, it's possible to be standing at a casket Hmm. of a loved one with tears rolling down your face. Right. And still have the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Okay. So joy does not always express itself outwardly. you know, and, and uh, I, 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 I've, I've been there, and we can have peace. We have peace with God, and we have the joy of the Lord, even if it's not expressing itself on the outside. And if I'm standing somewhere, like like when our, we were at the casket of our eight-year-old granddaughter, um, and if some, and, and and here I am, you know, weeping. <laughs> Right. With tears. And if somebody would have come up to me and says, oh, you're not trusting God enough because you don't have peace and you don't have joy. Right. I probably would have felt the right hook coming from way down low. <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't have. But, but, but peace and joy, true peace with God, true joy of the Lord is not always expressed outwardly. But, you know, in that moment when it felt like it was going to crush me, I had the peace of God and I had the joy of the Lord. Yeah. And I think... I think we got to recognize that emotional honesty is an intimate act of trusting God with your real self instead of hiding how you feel and trying to do or be more. Yes. So I think that when we try to look at it and say, well, if you're sad, then you don't have peace and joy, therefore you're not trusting God. 
I don't think, you know, I've said this before, God's not scared of your questions. God's not scared of your emotions. Right. right and right. so if I can, if I can come to this place where I can be emotionally vulnerable and honest with, with God and with myself, it allows me to be in this place where I can allow the Holy Spirit to work because I'm not trying to put up a facade of who I am. I'm allowing, I'm, I'm saying, God, this is, this is how I feel right now. This is exactly who I am, and this is exactly where I'm at. And God's not quivering away, uh, as some people in your life may have done. God is patiently sitting and listening to you. And I think it's important to recognize that you being honest is going to bring more healing than you trying to put Absolutely. up a mask. The yeah, and we time. just, add, you know what? And when we when we lay that on people, we just the pressure to fake it. <laughs> we just add more pressure. Right. I think one of my favorite scriptures is um, search me, O Lord, and know my inward thoughts, know my anxious thoughts, some of uh, translations say. Um, and then it ends by saying, and lead me in, in the way everlasting. I love that scripture so much because it, it's this, this, um, this vulnerable moment, emotionally vulnerable moment with David being able to say, like, I, I, I have things in me that I know don't belong, and I'm saying, look at them. Yeah. I'm saying show yeah. them to yeah. me, yeah. reveal them so that I can remove that garbage out of my life and and have a deeper, more connected relationship with you. And so if we try to constantly put up this mask, this facade, this pretend all of the time, what we're doing is setting up metaphorical walls to to not allow the Holy Spirit into our lives. And then we continue to be like, well, why do I still feel these things? Why, yeah. why am I yeah. still like... I, God just hasn't vanished these things. Well, you haven't opened anything for God to even begin to speak into. The, the, so when someone is dealing with either extreme anxiety or depression, yeah. uh, the myth is, well, just trust God more and you'll have more peace and joy. Right. So let, let's keep this right on track. We're dealing with pe- the, the, the mental health issue and somebody comes along and says, well, trust God and you'll have peace enjoy more right um and well if you don't have peace we're not trusting god well we're dealing with mental health here and why do we oh why do we treat mental health different than something else right so then it's so then if that's culture. true if that yeah if that myth is true then i would say to somebody with diabetes well um your insulin levels are way out of whack because you're not trusting god more right or you have heart disease and you have to take uh, some medication. Um, well, you're not trusting God enough. You know, put your medication away. That's craziness. Right. Don't take your insulin. That's craziness. But we treat people with, with mental health issues different because it's in the mind. Right. We're dealing with the mind. So the myth is, well, just trust God and you'll have more peace. Right. Well, you can... You, so you deal with this extreme anxiety at times. Sure. And so... so, so if, you're trusting God, aren't you? Always. You hear that, everybody? So in the mix of you. That's the only thing that sustains me when I'm in those moments of anxiety of like, I literally have, I feel like I have no control. And so all I can do is trust that somebody else does. <laughs> and thus you're here today. Right. <laughs> trust that God does have control. So these are the myths that we're debunking. So we, we the, the problem is, is that the church and, and many Christians we, we just don't, we don't understand. And so we have these myths 
and, and this is one of them, and we tell somebody with severe depression, right? maybe even clinical depression, mm-hmm. that, that needs medication um, to, to correct chemical imbalances. Right. Oh, what we're really saying is, throw your medication down the toilet sure. and trust Jesus more. You would have peace. You, in other words, you wouldn't be depressed. You wouldn't have a chemical imbalance. You wouldn't be anxious if you just trusted God more. That is a myth. Right. So the person with diabetes is trusting God. The person with depression is trusting God. The person with heart disease is trusting God. Right. True. So, so let's be careful um, with, that when we speak with someone who is dealing with any sort of mental health issue that we just don't, well, trust God. No, no, that is not going to solve your problem. Right. You need to take your medication. Sure. Exactly. And, and us being able to look at somebody and being able and, and, and trying to make the assumption of, oh, because you don't have peace and joy means that you're not trusting God. I can trust God. I can trust God through these things and still, still deal with my anxiety, still deal with my depression and, and know that I'm still trusting God through it all. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. trusting that he's going to take me through it all. So true. Okay. So sim- similar, our, our third myth here is similar um, and just a little bit of a different avenue that I've heard people say before, if you read God's word more, if you pray more, if you praise more, if you give thanks more, if you rejoice more, etc., you will have peace that passes all understanding. And I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say what I think about okay, that. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think that faith is not emotional amnesia. Faith gives us courage to face the brokenness of life and heal from those losses that we've suffered. So yes. So we can't yes. just say pray more, praise more, give more, th- uh, rejoice more, do all these things and and it becomes this, this emotional amnesia for us that we can just forget about everything else that that exists in life. I do think that there is power in in prayer and I do think there's power Amen. in praise and I think that it's yes, important yes. that even in those difficult seasons, even in those moments of anxiety, depression, anything that you may face, I do think it's important to make sure that you are getting in the word of God, that you are um, staying in, in community with other believers, that you are worshiping. But I think it's important to also recognize that these things don't make you forget about all of the other stuff that that is that's all, that that's happening that you're experiencing. Yeah, that's just it, it, th- this same myth connects the same answer we shared before. Uh, people with with other health issues. Um, well, if you praise more, if you pray more, if you give thanks more, if you read the Bible more, you wouldn't be a diabetic. <laughs> exactly. It's just nonsense. It's just a myth. But again, it's because and sorry to beat the same drum. It's because we're dealing with mental health issues. That, that we take this different approach. Right. Nobody ever tells anybody with diabetes, if you praise more, you wouldn't need to take your insulin. And I think it goes back to this, I don't know if people are just uncomfortable. I don't know if people just don't know how to respond, but it comes back to this idea of oversimplifying things yeah. and 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 not, not being willing to walk with somebody through it. That I'd rather slap a scripture at you and then not have to deal with it and say yeah. like, now that's your problem versus sitting with somebody's brokenness and then helping them find healing through that all, you know, sitting with someone in their brokenness. Yeah. There's a, there's now there's, there's a thought, right. Rather than weaponizing, 
the gospel. It's this like idea of drive-by evangelism or drive-by healing that you think that you can just, you know, for whatever reason, we think that if I can just say, do not worry, if I can say, pray more, if I can say, rejoice, and again, I say rejoice, we can throw these things it, I don't know if it just makes us feel like we don't have as much responsibility or frees us from that or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. But I think it's really important to recognize like it's okay to sit with someone for a while and to help somebody walk through something. That's discipleship. You know what I mean? Being yeah, able that's to, to the take the body of Christ. Yeah, take the time for it all. However, we should should we all probably spend more time in the word, right. in prayer, in praise. That's needed across the board in the body of Christ. It does not necessarily solve clinical depression or anxiety. For sure. Okay, just like, however, there is power in praise. And can we just, okay, we need to just pump the brakes for a quick minute and say, Jesus is a healer. Yeah. And diabetics have been healed and people with heart disease have been healed for sure and para- paraplegics people in wheelchairs with crutches broken bones have been healed and so can god heal clinical depression right. answer absolutely yes can he heal us uh, even if we suffer from severe anxiety absolutely he can right but that's divine healing Right. He can heal the diabetic, the heart disease, the clinical depressed. God is a healer. Until we see that healing manifested, um, let's not treat mental health different than we would any other disease. That's good. But let's trust God for his healing. Let's pray more. Let's praise more. Let's worship more. Um, but it's a myth. It's a myth to say that the person suffering from mental health that that is an instant cure-all. Right, right. Or they're doing something wrong. You know what that, that does? It lays such a heavy condemnation on the person. It becomes well, shame culture. Some, something's wrong with me because I'm not healed. It's the old hyper-faith theology sure. that if you're not healed uh, of whatever disease you have, it's because either there is sin in your life or you don't have enough faith. Right. And it lays... It lays you know what? You know what? There's a story back... Um, some friends of mine went to a Bible study of this whole hyper faith thing that right. if you weren't healed, you didn't have enough faith. And there was, or you had sin in your life. And do you know the host or the hostess? I don't remember if it was a man or the woman. Um, they found hiding in a closet because they were sick. Oh. Hiding in a closet. These oh are my dear friends, dear friends of mine, hiding in a closet because they were sick and they were afraid to come out to the Bible study because. That's, you talk about, because somebody probably would have said, well, gee, you don't have enough faith. Or what's the sin in your life? It's the same, it's that same condemnation that's laid on people. It is a myth to tell people that if you pray more, praise more, read more, you won't have anxiety or you won't need to take your uh, depression medication. Just a myth. Just a myth. But in the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, Yes, let's worship more. Let's praise more. But yes. and let's not stop asking God for divine healing. Super good, super good. Because He's the healer, and He can He can break in in a in a divine moment and show Himself strong on your behalf. That's super good. Um, well, we only have two minutes, so we got to wrap. Yeah, I want to see if we can hit on this last one um, because it's it's real fun. Uh, so we'll jump down to our fifth one that we have okay. here. Ready? Last myth. This is the myth. You don't need a therapist. You just need Jesus and God's word. 
Tell me what you think about that. I used to think that. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, back, back, you know, when I was young in ministry, you know, counseling, okay, tell me what the problem is. Is it right or wrong? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Right. Um, very simplistic approach. Um, you don't need a therapist. You just need Jesus and God's word. Absolutely false. Absolute myth. It's hey, how about when Peter tanked? Right. All right. And denied Christ and cursed. Jesus met him one-on-one. -on -one. Hmm. Bro, sometimes we just need one-on-one -on -one with somebody who understands our psyche and the physiological makeup of our mind. Right. Um, I wasn't really planning on saying this, but I'm going to do it anyway, so it's fine. Um, I love Jesus with all of my heart. I really do. Um, and I go to a therapist. Like, that's it. I there love it Jesus with everything I am. I, I know that I, I need Jesus, and I know that there is healing in God's word, but I'm also saying that there are things in my life that are deep, deep-rooted issues um, that have allowed me and, or caused me to deal with the anxiety and depression that I deal with today. And I need somebody else's perspective. There you go. To be able to help me walk through the things that I am, I'm dealing with. I need that. And if, if we're really, really, really being honest with ourselves, I wonder how many of us could actually use um, just having some sort of counselor or therapist just come into our lives every once in a while. Absolutely. Dif difficult situation that you <laughs> might be going through, just overall healing that you didn't know about, certain subconscious uh, scars you might have that result in actions that you're doing now yeah. or whatever. I think that there are more of us that need that that healing that therapist then that help finding that healing through a therapist then we actually are comfortable with saying and i'm here to say right here right now i'm i'm not ashamed of it i i currently not i used to i used to but i also am currently going to a therapist to help find this healing praise god man that's it takes a whole lot more courage to say that than Tell someone you don't need one. Right. And you're so, um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And you, you know what? That's <laughs> what keeps people from getting the help they need is nothing but stinking pride. Right. We just think we just tough it out on our own. And it takes a whole lot more man, a whole lot more courage to say, I need help. Right. Um, and, and to sit with somebody who understands the psyche um, and to walk us through. I mean, God has given so many gifts to the church. Right. Pastors and preachers and, and teachers and, and counselors. Yeah. There are people that are just gifted to do that, right? Yeah. Just gifted to do that. And they can help us separate truth from error and, and just maybe just listen. Some, I think the best counselor is just a really good listener. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it, ta it takes a whole lot more courage to sit with someone and let them walk with us through the journey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Big myth. You don't need a therapist. You just need Jesus. 
Well, um, you need Jesus first. We can say that. <laughs> you, you need Jesus. And it's almost like saying we don't need each other. Right. But uh, you can't take Christianity outside of community. Right. It's just impossible. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, you, know, you know what I hope? You know, I hope, and we're just a couple minutes over, but that's okay. Um, Joe Crossman won't be mad at us. Um, <laughs> I think we just need to pump the brakes right before we go here. And if you're suffering with either anxiety, depression, or and you're watching us, you're listening to us on Life Radio or maybe on Facebook Live, um, if you're suffering with any of those areas, get some help. Get some help. Right. You, you, you know what? You can call Fountain of Life. Yeah. And we have therapists, counselors that we could recommend to you. For sure. Um, some here at the church and some that we would refer you out to. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, um, back when I was first first married. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. I'm, I, I can't believe we even survived. <laughs> first year, two years, you know, and even on down the road. And, and, and when we had issues, you know, my wife would say, let's get counseling. Right. I was too proud. <laughs> you know, and because I counseled people as a pastor, right. you know what my answer to her was? I am the counselor. <laughs> oh, boy. Luann, I pray for you frequently. Nothing but pride and arrogance. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and we could have used some help in our marriage. I got married at 19. I was a kid. Sure. We had two boys right away in the sure. first two years, and she said she was raising three boys. <laughs> You know, and I was just too proud. And you know, that, that's, that's, I think, what keeps any of us from getting the help we need right. is our own pride, self-sufficiency, and arrogance. Yeah. Could we just encourage you? I mean, God bless you, bro. He, he, he shared with you and opened up his heart to you. Um, and he's a pastor here on staff, and I admire him. I admire him for getting, sitting with someone who can walk him through some of these Thanks. things. Please, if it maybe it's, Anxiety, depression, maybe it's a marriage issue, a family yeah. issue, a financial issue. Instead of trying to tough it out on your own, right. you know, and being a man, it's not right. being a man. Um, let us encourage you to get the help that you need. For sure. And if, you, and, if, and if we can help you get the help, call us here at Fountain of Life. And by the way, in closing, if you don't have a home church, we would love to invite you to Fountain of Life this Come Sunday. Service is 9 and 11. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, That's right. and uh, we'll see you next time here on Conversations with Russ. See you, everybody. No peace on this time. We hope you enjoyed peace. Conversations with Pastor Russ, Senior Pastor of the Fountain of Life in Burlington, New Jersey. Pastor Russ would love to meet you this Sunday at either our 9 or 11 a.m. services. For directions or more information, please feel free to contact us by calling 609-499-2131 or visit our website at flcnj.org. Thanks for listening to today's message on Life Radio WIFI, your inspiration station.